time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we plop down on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all of your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And today we carry on with our spooktacular October Scarathon by watching Ah! Real Monsters from 1994. I like that you did the Ah. <laughs> I never know how to do it. What am I, am I supposed to just do like Ah! Real Monsters? You can't I, I don't say know. that. It's a, it's, there's three exclamation points. You can't just say it. They made it really hard for everybody putting that Ah in there. So like when you pronounce the show... Like, it sounds weird if you just go, ah, real monsters. Like, you have to be like, ah, real monsters. <laughs> yeah, if you're reading it like it's written, you have to. And you can't just say right. real monsters, because that could be anything. Yeah, you can't just be like, hey, did you watch real monsters? Boring. It just sounds stupid. Yeah. Little loser. <laughs> anyway, ah, real monsters ran from 94 to 97, created by Gabor Supo and Peter Gaffney, and produced by the Klasky Supo Company, who also did the Tracy Ullman version of The Simpsons. Those shorts, they did Rugrats, and they did Duckman, and various other things, but those are some of the highlights. That makes sense, because a lot of the voice actors on this show were also in Duckman and Rugrats. Yeah. Cool to know. It ran for four seasons, 52 episodes total, and there were a couple specials as well. For a short synopsis of this, and I don't know how much I like this synopsis, but I'm going to read it anyway because it's from IMDb. The show takes us through the struggles of life as a child monster. Three monster friends are studying how to scare humans in school. Often their attempts don't work out as planned. I mean, that's accurate, but... Yeah, it's accurate. That's not, not a very good description of the show, though. <laughs> no. Really. I don't know. It doesn't give you much. Yes, yeah, we'll give you a lot in this, so don't worry about that. We'll give you more than you want. Way more. <laughs> I was looking at the cast and everything. Like I said, a lot of them were people that voiced on Rugrats and Duckman, but some of them have some pretty cool other stuff. The woman who voiced Ablina, Christine Cavanaugh, was Chucky on Rugrats, and also Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory and Babe the Pig. <laughs> she was also Goslin from Darkwing Duck. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, she's done a ton of stuff. I was going to say, unfortunately, she passed away last year. They said it's undisclosed cause of death. It's a really weird thing, like, that nobody knows what happened. I guess it's maybe it's just huh. the family wanted to keep it quiet or something, but... Maybe. It's, it's strange. I never really hear about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't I didn't even know. The guy that voiced Crumb, David Eccles, he didn't do a whole lot of other voice acting, but he was Reptar on the Rugrats. He's a sound editor, first and foremost, and he did the sound editing for Duckman and the Rugrats movie, just to name a couple Pretty things. Much. What was the one line that Reptar has? Oh, me Reptar, me want eat. Isn't that it? <laughs> I think it's something it, like that. It? I don't know. That's David Eccles' contribution to the world. Yep, and then we had... Um, the character of Ickes, done by Charles Adler, who's in tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. Like, every cartoon you can think of, he's on there. Check out his IMDb page. He's been in Transformers, G.I. Joe, Gem, Tiny Toon Adventures, Aladdin. Currently the voice of MODOK from Avengers Assemble and in any of the Disney games, so Disney Infinity, things like that. He was uh, Mr. Bighead in Rocco's Modern Yes, he Life. was. <laughs> <laughs> he, he voiced a lot of my uh, favorite characters from back in the day and he's yeah, still cow, in tons. He, he was cow 
and chicken from Cow and Chicken. Right. He is all over the place. This is a cartoon that I remember and have never watched, so I kind of want to do it on the show sometime. He was Roddy Piper in Rock and Wrestling. Which, oh, that's a show? Yeah. I've, I've that's never, amazing. I'd never seen it. I vaguely remember something about it, so I want to do that on this show sometime. We absolutely have to now. <laughs> Put it down on the list. So my favorite person from this cast was the guy that voiced the Gromble. And I was impressed. I'll talk about it more, but I was very impressed with the Gromble. More than I originally was when I was a kid. But Greg Berger, who's also been in every cartoon ever, including Transformers, <laughs> because he's the voice of Grimlock, which is awesome. And oh, uh, sweet. I, I saw him at Comic-Con in San Diego this summer for Transformers Devastation. He was there promoting it and voicing Grimlock through the entire panel, which was so much fun. That's amazing. And I've been playing Devastation. I've been playing the crap out of it Have lately, actually. So, of course. Oh, yeah. He's awesome. <laughs> yes. Got the exactly. tail whip and everything. It's so cool. He's voiced a whole bunch of other stuff, too. I'm really impressed with his line of work in particular because he voices a lot of characters that I remember and just would never have guessed that it's all done by the same guy. So very impressed with his range. One thing that I thought was really funny as I was watching this, the character called the Grumble reminded me a little bit of Tim Curry. I was like, obviously that's not Tim Curry, but just some of the mannerisms kind of remind me. And then I find out Tim Curry's part of the cast, but he plays another character. He is like the assistant to the Grumble, Zimbo, that little bird mutant thing. The little thing with one foot that sits on top of the big guy. Snorch? Yes. If you can't tell, like, we love the cast. The cast has been, they've been all over the place. This show notwithstanding, it was fantastic. I love their acting in this. Oh, yeah, they did a great job. I was, like I said, I was very, very impressed with the level of voice acting in this show. It's better than a lot of shows now. Yeah, I was impressed all around. Definitely. Just to mention, this was originally airing on, I think it's only aired on Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was one of the Nicktoons, but it came later mm -hmm. than a lot of the other ones. Yeah, still considered a 90s Nicktoon, though. So anytime they do those 90s callbacks on Nickelodeon, this is usually one of the headliners. Absolutely. For a few of the main characters, we have, and we've already mentioned this, Ickis, Oblina, Crumb, and the Gromble, just to name a few. These are the highlighted characters in this show. There's a few fun facts we can go through. The Gromble character, just to keep talking about him, was heavily inspired by the Blue Meanie from the Beatles animated movie The Yellow Submarine. Somewhat in the way that he looks, but primarily because of the way his voice is and his mannerisms, where it goes from like a, a calm, lucid voice to like shouting just all of a sudden. He played a perfectly like bipolar monster, basically. It's kind of like, I'm sure you've seen Powerpuff Girls, him? Is that what it was? The red guy? Yes. Yeah. He's a lot like that. Yeah. There's a ton of merchandise for this show. There's a video game for the Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. There were some Fleer trading cards and there were some toys that I didn't even know about, but I need to get them now. There was a crumb toy whose special action was that he spit his eyeballs out and his armpits really stunk. <laughs> So those may be the two best things I've ever seen attached to an action figure ever. I need to find this figure and obtain it. I can't believe that he actually stinks. That's <laughs> I wonder how they pull that off. Yeah, and is it like a permanent stink? Is it going to stink forever? Does it wear off? Who knows? I got to find this toy. After the success of the Rugrats movie, a movie based on this series was planned, but it was canceled because the story was too dark and too scary for children. Really? But they never said what the plot actually was, so I'm super curious. I hope one day that they bring this out. That's really interesting. It was too scary for kids. At least too dark is yeah. one of the things, okay. but then another source said it was too scary as well, so... Interesting. The Gromble's name was originally going to be The Womble, but that <laughs> got changed 
to avoid lawsuit from a British TV series called The Womble. Uh, the Grumble sounds cool, though, because it sounds kind of like Grumble, you know? Yeah, it, it makes sense. I think it sounds, it sounds better. That was for the best. Just for a last fun fact, A.K. Sablina and Crumb also made a cameo appearance in one episode of Rugrats. An episode was called Ghost Story. Those are just a few fun facts related to this show. Chris, do you have any memories of the show? What is your recollection of this from the 90s? Oh, yeah, I definitely remember this. I was all about the Nicktoons when I was a kid. So the whole lineup, I was super into like Doug and Rugrats. Not as much into Ren and Snippy, but that one kind of left pretty quickly. Then you had like Rocco. And then we got Ah... Real monsters. See how lame that sounds if you don't do the actual, ah! (laughs) Yeah, you have to shout. Right. (laughs) So I had kind of a love-hate relationship with this cartoon when I was a kid because I liked it because I loved monsters. I'm still kind of into that darker, somewhat creepy sort of, but still cartoony side of things. So it still appeals to me. I think as a kid, though, they played the show a lot. You would turn on Nickelodeon and you'd want to see a little of everything. And I remember as a kid them playing tons and tons of reruns of this show. And in fact, you might get like a couple hours of this show like all in a row. And eventually I got really tired of seeing it and probably stopped watching because I had no idea that the show ran as long as it did for four seasons. So that's kind of surprising me. But looking back on it, there's still some things that I am really nostalgic about. I love the introduction, the opening scene with the music and everything like that. I think that's still really cool. So totally love that. Always hated the snorch. Still hate the snorch. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your memories of this one? I mean, I was a, or still am super into monsters and things, and I was that way as a child, but my memories of the show are just so few, unfortunately. Like, it sort of slipped under my radar as a child. I do recall seeing a few episodes over at a friend's house one day, but I think that's really it. I may have seen, like, three episodes of this ever, ever. Really? Wow. So, yeah, and after watching these episodes, I really feel like I missed out, though, so I'm glad I was able to finally jump back into it. I guess now let's go ahead and jump into the three episodes that we watched for today's show. Just name them off. There's the very first episode, the highest rated episode, and then a random or listener recommended episode. And we do this each time before we go into our reviews. We start off with the switching hour, season one, episode one. So this is the intro to everything. And for a short synopsis of it, Ickis, Crumb, and Oblina hit the human world on Halloween night with disastrous results. That's fair enough. Now, that's a good way to describe a lot of the show. Yeah, that that could have been (laughs) the description of the show. It's a little bit better than what IMDb said. (laughs) Exactly. Lots more on the trying to scare people and not succeeding than the learning in school kind of thing. This episode starts off where we actually are seeing a family. We're seeing a, a little kid taking out the garbage while his older brother's giving him a hard time. He opens up the trash can and Ickes is in there eating the garbage. The kid gets scared and runs away. <laughs> he's like a, a redheaded Wolverine. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. He's got Wolverine hair, but it's red. <laughs> yeah. The older brother sees Ickes run away and just thinks it's a rabbit because Ickes has kind of, he's short. He's got big, long ears that kind of stick out. As a coincidence, since the kid's scared of this thing, um, Ickes, who he thinks is like a real monster, he fashions a Halloween costume for a Halloween that looks like Ickes, and that'll come into play later in the episode. Yes, definitely. From this scene, we go straight down to the dump, which is where their university, their school, I'm not sure what it is exactly. Some kind of school. It's like right. almost in like a what looks like sort of a sewer kind of thing underneath the dump. Well, we're all the young monsters, specifically Ickes, Oblina, and Crom are training to be better monsters and scare humans. Right. This is our first introduction to the Gromble as well, telling the other monsters that they didn't pass this test or they didn't do well in this test, so they're not allowed to go out on 
on Halloween night, which is, you know, the best night of the year for monsters. Right. So the students are not super happy about it because they want to go up and scare people on Halloween because that's kind of their thing. I mean, that's like their big holiday is Halloween. So some of the monsters are kind of planning on sneaking out and Oblina kind of catches wind of this and she is the kind of person that doesn't want to be left out. She wants to be on top of everything and wants to be kind of like number one student and good at everything. So right off the bat is kind of like, okay, we got to do this and kind of coerces Krum and Ickes to go. Ickes, I mean, he's the nervous type, super nervous and doesn't want to be in any kind of confrontation, right. especially with the Grumble, who is a very uh, menacing force to these children. Right. And Krem just doesn't really care. Krem's just Krem. He's just there. Yeah, he's just, he just goes with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> he's just kind of a doofus. That's the best way to describe him. What ends up happening is they sneak out anyway, of course, against the Grumble's will. But in trying to scare these kids, you know, since everyone's dressed up on Halloween night, they're not very effective at it. So instead, they run across some kids who are like, hey, this house is handing out pennies. Have some pennies instead of candy. <laughs> But these monsters eat, they're like garbage disposals, I guess, because they eat pretty much anything, especially metals. So they love the pennies. They try to go to the house that has the pennies and do trick or treat, but they misheard it. So they're saying, prick your feet. Right. And they actually argued about what the kids are saying for a few times. So they went back and forth for a while trying to figure it out. And they decided on prick your feet. So they go to this door and they get their first batch of pennies. And then they're like, wow, this is great. Let's do it again. And so they, not knowing the tradition, they just try to go to the same door over and over again to get more and more pennies. The penny thing started what's one of my favorite jokes throughout this episode is Crumb just starts eating everything. So he's eating all these pennies and then they get pulled into this party with these other kids and there's just random things going on and Crumb just keeps eating everything that gets passed to him. They did this thing where the kids turn off the lights and they're passing stuff around and they're like, oh, this is like the booger of a Tyrannosaurus Rex and, you know, stuff like that thing of grapes you would say it's like a bowl of eyeballs and stuff like that you right. know just goofy stuff you try to gross other kids out so everything gets passed around crumb just keeps eating it when it gets passed to him and he doesn't think that they're doing a good job of being scary so he passes his own eyeballs around because if you haven't seen crumb crumb has two arms on top of his head that holds his eyeballs his hands hold his eyeballs in place if he just opens his hands his eyeballs you know drop to the ground or whatever so he can do anything with them at any time so yeah, but if he needs both his hands he has to hold his eyes in his, in mouth. his mouth yeah so he passes his eyeballs around and at some point someone turns on the light and sees that they're actually holding real eyeballs and they blink and the kids get scared and run away <laughs> <laughs> that starts off a chain of events where they go outside and then get separated from Ickis. And Nikki, the kid who's dressed up like Ickes because he had seen him earlier, gets mixed up. So the monsters end up taking this kid back with them to their lair. And then Nikki's brother ends up taking Ickes back with him so he won't get in trouble from his mom. That's the whole switching hour portion of it. One of my favorite Crumb jokes. Once Crumb and Oblina start running away from the crowd and they bring Nikki with them thinking he's Ickes... When Oblina shows how she was going to scare the kids because they were causing trouble, it causes Nikki to faint. And Crumb is like, poor Ickes, he pricked his feet one too many times. 
<laughs> that starts this whole mess of the and the rest of the episode essentially is devoted to this switch has happened right. how are they going to deal with it yeah the, the kid finding out there's all these monsters and he's down there and they think he's one of the monsters one of my favorite parts of this episode is that the grumble loves this new Ickis <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, he doesn't realize that it isn't the real Ickis and he thinks that all of a sudden like um, he thinks that he's gotten through to Ickis finally and Ickis is like might amount to something and it's actually just the kid in the costume and I just thought that was really funny that was a good part where he's proud of Ickis for a change but it's not even him right he even like cries because he's so proud (laughs) (laughs) eventually the switchback happens we get to see Ickis's basically his main scare which is him growing really large his eyes turning red and him showing his fangs we get back to the classroom. The Grumble basically brings them down and says, you know, I did some detective work. I found out who it was, who went out on Halloween night against my will. And he starts congratulating them. But you still disobeyed me. So you're still going to get punished. And the punishment <laughs> was there was something bad, something really bad, or you don't want to know. Right. <laughs> yeah. They displayed like three doors, something bad, something really bad. And then it was like this nice, pretty looking cottage it was really yeah. colorful and there's butterflies, but the door says, you don't even want to know. So, <laughs> and I think that's the one that Ickes chooses. He's just like, what's behind door number three again? And that's where the episode closes out. Right. And all you hear is a, a loud scream as the camera goes to black, but that's it. So we don't know what actually was behind that door. With it being the monster world, though, it's kind of like everything in their world is backwards as far as like compliments and things like that. So if you told a, a monster, hey, you're really ugly, they would take that as a great compliment. So my guess is that behind door number three was something like babies playing with puppies or something really <laughs> cute that would just terrify yeah. the monsters. So let's jump over to the second episode we watched. So these episodes are just split into two parts. There's part A, part B, which are two separate mini stories. So we watched Misery Date, which was part B of episode 10, season four. For a short synopsis of this one, the Grumble is in love with the library monster, and he's not as strict as he used to be. That, that works, I guess. IMDb is kind of disappointing me on their <laughs> yeah. descriptions. I was very surprised that the highest rated episode was very, very much about the Grumble. Just because when I was a kid, that was my least favorite character. Like, I hated the Grumble. I guess because he represented an authority figure. And being a kid, you know, no one likes authority figures, especially ones that yell a lot. So... It really blew my mind that this was the highest rated episode, but it was still a good episode. Yeah, exactly. This episode, I can understand it as an adult. Like you said, as a kid, right. maybe not because it's very grumble heavy, but it was really hilarious. I think out of the three that we watched, this is probably the funniest one. Yeah, I would agree. It, it had some really funny moments. And basically what's going on, kind of like the description, the grumble becomes infatuated with the monster that runs the library, who I guess is a female monster. It's hard. to You can't tell looking at them like... It is hard to tell. And (laughs) the library monster is a weird one. First, weird that her name is library monster. But second, she has a TV screen like in her face and then some film reels coming in and out of her head, which is actually what sets up the whole infatuation because... The way that the film is, it gets all shambled when the library monster falls over. So I guess it resembles a head of hair on her head. And then the reels are sitting on her head, almost like earrings, the way that it looks at that point. So that's when the Gromble just gets completely infatuated with her. But she's such a contrast to his character. She's a super nice and like quiet monster. He loves being cruel. Like he's proud that he's a mean and loud monster. So he's got to change his ways 
to gain her affection. Right. So he ends up going to, well, pretty much the only other monster that we know is a female, which is Oblina. <laughs> And right. kind of asking for advice and kind of ends up getting stuck with all three of them, Oblina, Ickis, and Crumb, trying to help him change and helping him through his first date. So they're basically there with him the whole time, kind of guiding him along and helping him out and stuff. <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite gags from this was, like we said, everything in the monster world is backwards from us. So instead of handing the librarian monster flowers, Ickes sets them up and the grumble hands her a big collection of dead fish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and you know, she smells them like she would flowers and she's like, oh, and <laughs> I thought that was funny. And the, the whole episode was, was full of stuff like that. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And Oblina said, or when they, when she first discovered that the Gromble had a crush, she was like, they don't call it a crush, they call it a squish. So she's like, <laughs> right. the Gromble has a squish on the library monster. <laughs> There's a lot of replacement words. They almost have their, uh, not almost, they do have their own language. They have their own slang sorts. and stuff, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. They replace a lot of common words with grosser versions yeah. of grosser words as replacements, I guess. This was an episode, like we were talking about in the previous one, where, and like you were just saying, where those insults are really coming off as compliments, because when Grumble and Library Monster are walking through the dump, he says, you know, the dump has never looked as hideous as it does tonight, which is exactly <laughs> the opposite of what you would want to hear, but in a monster world, that's a positive thing. Right. Oblina says something similar at one point where she says, ah, the stench of romance is in the air. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything is like that. Everything's just a little backwards. It is bad. Backwards. Uh, Ickes in this episode is really trying to keep them together no matter what because it keeps him out of trouble and he's thinking, what can I get away with? That's one thing I like about Ickes is because even though he's, he's the nervous monster who's afraid of everything, but he's still kind of a troublemaker. So yeah. it's like, even though he's very nervous and doesn't want to get in trouble, he's not going to stop doing things that would get him in trouble. He just doesn't <laughs> want to be caught. So like when he's ferrying them on the boat and he's, I love that. <laughs> yeah. He's got the paddle and he just keeps splashing water in the grumble's face. Right. He's just testing his patience basically. Right. I love the song that he's singing. It's hilarious. He's basically yeah. acting like it's a gondola and he's singing like an Italian kind of song, but just awful like he's singing it so bad but it's just hilarious the way he does it in the monster world though i think bad singing is actually good singing because they always call on him to sing like i think in the next episode they do that too but i'll yeah. get there one of my favorite crumb moments throughout all these episodes we watched was in this one i know exactly where, what you're gonna say <laughs> yeah it, where the grumble is in the room with oblina and crumb and basically asking like if i keep being nice i'm gonna go crazy like i need to tell tell her the truth or what should I do? And Crumb just has a really lucid moment where he goes on a tangent about the Grumble being himself around the library monster or else he'd be lying to her. But if he likes her, he can't do that. Right. <laughs> and that's that was just a good interaction between them. And Grumble's like, Crumb, that's very perceptive. <laughs> It and is he's so like, funny. I, I can't play dumb all the time or I'd lose my mind. <laughs> right. It's so funny because Crumb is so, he's just kind of like that bumbling idiot that you feel like doesn't really have much of a thought in his head. He doesn't say much. He has this little like giggle. I can't even do it justice, but that's like all he does. He makes noises. He, he laughs. He says a few things here and there, usually no more than one sentence at a time. And then here he just goes on this like speech and it's like this big profound statement 
adamant about truth and love and everything, just <laughs> completely against what like his normal character is. So it was just a great moment. It was, and then it, it backfires on him though because he grumbles like, "I'm going to expect more from you from now on." And right. he's like, "Oh, I should have kept my mouth shut." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, definitely backfired on him. But what ends up happening is the way the library monster does this was kind of funny to me, also where. He he goes to reveal his true self to her to not fake it anymore because he really does care for her. And the Grumble, he starts shouting at Ickis in the library just to shoo him away because he's bothering him. Library Monster is basically just like, you know, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and rejects him for being a little too loud. My favorite part of that was, so the grumble goes up to her and says, now that you've seen the side of me, can you still care for me? And immediately <laughs> she just goes, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Without yeah. like a second, th- just no. Like right yeah. when he finishes the <laughs> sentence. And then he was like, are you, he's like, really? And she's like, no. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> it was very matter of fact. And that was, yeah, that was awesome. That, that was great. <laughs> All hope's not lost because the grumble runs across the custodian monster who is being mean to these kids who aren't keeping their rooms dirty enough. And then that's where the episode closes out. Yeah. And he's uh, obviously Twitter baited once again. Yes. <laughs> he has another squish. Uh, and that takes us to the third episode we watched, which was Crumb Gets Ahead, season three. Episode 7A. For a short synopsis of this one, Crumb misplaces an eyeball for the seventh time in a week and decides what he really needs is a head, as the name would imply. And oh my gosh, there are a lot of head puns in this. <laughs> yeah, there really are. Like every other sentence. <laughs> but it makes it hilarious. It is funny. It's funny to me that Crumb keeps losing one of his eyes. And I mean, the episode <laughs> starts out with he's asleep, he wakes up, his one eye is open and looking around and can't see out of his other eye and he's starting to freak out. Then all of a sudden, his other eye opens up and is kind of seeing some sort of slop and a spoon. So he automatically knows that his eye is in the soup in the cafeteria <laughs> for some... Like, I, I want to know how his eye gets in the cafeteria yeah, food. But. Yeah, we need we need the backstory <laughs> for this one. Right. <laughs> but uh, apparently that's not a strange place for him to lose it. So he knew exactly where it was right when that happened. Right. And as the description tells us, after losing it for the seventh time, he decides that he he just needs a head. He needs something to hold his eyes in there. He doesn't think it's fair that he's the only monster who has to hold on to his eyeballs. And that's a fair point. It is a fair point because it really limits what he can do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so, although I do love seeing him when he puts his eyes in his mouth, I think that's hilarious. That, that is great. Yeah. he He's just an awesome character. He and he goes through they go through a few trial heads before they get to the one that he's happy with. There's a bowling ball, there's a, a rotten pumpkin. There's um, a, a bucket. Yeah, a um, bucket. A TV. Yeah, a TV. An old broken TV. F- just whatever they can find in a junkyard. Yeah, they had a fishbowl too, and then Oh right. But there was a fish in it still. So he popped his eyes in and the fish swallowed him. <laughs> yeah, the fish ate his eyes. So that didn't work out. So he ends up having to go to the monster doctor, who is essentially like a plastic surgeon for monsters. He ends up giving him a head that's like a, a coin purse. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Just yeah. bolted onto like <laughs> what I guess would be the top of his body. Right. And it worked. I mean, it functions like he's hoping it would. And he's just so proud of it. And that's the best part of this episode is his the pride he takes in his new head. <laughs> so he kind of gets a little bit of like an ego. He becomes obsessed with his looks now that he has a head he finds a well what we would say is a wig to go with it but it's not really a wig i think it's like a carpet tile or something that he puts on top 
to use his hair? It's either a carpet tile or like a flat broom. Oh, that might be what it was. Yeah. I don't know. Something bristly like that. Yeah. Either way, it is definitely not hair, but (laughs) he's, he's very happy with what he ends up with. And he uses head puns constantly. Like I was saying, like he'll say, go right ahead. And then he'll start laughing. (laughs) He also, he was dancing a lot in this, which was kind of funny while he was showing off his, his new head and his new hair. Like his dance moves were just hilarious, and he's like pointing at people since he can use his arms now. <laughs> right, he has a freedom to do these things now yeah. that he can hold his eyeballs up there. <laughs> so as Ickes points out later, he thinks Crumb's head is going to his head. Oh God, all the head puns—it just never ends. This takes us to a moment, actually, a good moment for Crumb though, where Ickes and Oblina have pretty much given up on hanging out with Crumb or doing scares with Crumb because he's just so obsessed with his head or fixated on it, or is really limiting the things he can do as a monster so they go to this uh, junkyard where this trash compactor is crushing cars to try to scare this human there but then they see these aluminum cans like a big car full of them and oblina calls them excited. aluminium cans yeah at <laughs> the time too that cracks me up aluminium cans and she's very excited so they, they go after those but the giant magnet comes and pulls the car into the trash compactor and it starts to crush them and they don't i guess they don't really have a way to get out of it maybe they're trapped under the cans this is crumb's moment to shine where he has to choose between saving his head or saving his friends and he goes up there to try to do both i guess but he's just mashing buttons it looks like <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Fortunately, he ends up saving his friends as opposed to his head. One of my favorite gags with this, though, was the big magnet stole his head. He's got to make the decision. Do I save that? Do I save my friends? He gets up in the crane and he's hitting the buttons and it stops it. And Icus and Oblina are like, yay. But then he hits another button. It starts crushing them again. Yeah, like even faster. <laughs> so, and then, um, you know, he undoes it again. But I thought that was really funny that he saves them and then almost kills them again and then saves them again. <laughs> I want to point out, and I meant to mention this earlier in the episode, and I completely forgot, but the the one thing that I never liked Oblina much as a kid, Mm -hmm. I like her more now, and the reason I like her the most now is because of her voice, because she has a really, like, waspy British woman kind of voice is basically how she sounds and that just makes her character and uh it's so funny to hear yeah it's it's funny and it's very forced in a way like she's trying to make these words into the waspy british like aluminium for instance (laughs) right the way she says that everything has to sound sophisticated she has to enunciate and she usually enunciates things wrong (laughs) it just makes it even funnier yes so yeah that that was something that i didn't catch or understand as a kid but as an adult i find really funny it was a good episode it was really funny yeah Um, all all three of the episodes were really good i agree these were three strong episodes it was a good run yeah it made me want to go back and try to figure out which ones i didn't see and make sure i see those for sure because like i said i think i got burned out on it as a kid because all the reruns And then I know that I missed a lot of it because I was like, oh, they're just playing the same ones over. I don't want to keep watching them. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I'm like, there's plenty that I'm sure I missed out on. So, yeah, I'd like to watch more of these, too. Yeah, definitely. This seems like a good time to bring out our younger selves to see what they thought about this show overall. Chris, how did your inner child feel about this? All right. Let me bring him out. I like this cartoon because I like monsters. Ickes is so funny and crumb, but I don't like Oblina. But I do like candy canes, and she looks like a candy cane. The Grumble is funny, but he yells a lot and wears high heels like my Uncle Jerry. Overall, I would give this cartoon 
two cereal bowls out of three, but they have marshmallows, so they're extra special. Joseph, what did you think? Ah, Real Monsters ranges from icky to gross to just plain disgusting, and that's exactly why I love it so. This show appeals to me from all angles. It has lovably monstrous characters, abnormally awesome animation, frightfully funny situations, and lifts the creepy curtain on things that go bump in the night. Everything a horror kid could ever ask for. I highly recommend this to horror fans especially, but truly believe that anyone could find something to enjoy about it. It would come as no shock that I have an extreme squish on this show, and wouldn't hesitate to give it three overflowing bowls of cereal out of three. Now back to our older, inferior models. Uh, thanks, I guess. That's kind of rude. Yeah, watch yourself, kid. You become this older, inferior model one day. Anyway, folks, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. Once more, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. Next week, we continue our spooktacular October cartoon spree when we watch... The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror! And we'll see you next Saturday. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. If you'd like to contact us, please tweet us at smcartoonboom on Twitter, email us at smcbpodcast at gmail.com, or visit our network site bsexcluded.com to find this and many other awesome shows.